Welcome, Bobcats, to a special podcast that we have going on here at the University Star. As most of you know, it is February, so it is Black History Month. And in honor of Black History Month, the opinion section of the University Star is going to spotlight uh, column writers that are going to talk about black issues in black America. So right here, I have Brandon Sams and Imani McGarrell, and we're going to talk about Black history, we're going to talk about black hair, we're going to talk about black music, and for the month of February, for each week, we're going to tackle some of these issues that are very near and dear to our heart, that's near and dear to our community. So this is a community of culture, the black perspective. How are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm great. Yeah, I'm good. You're good? <laughs> it's a little cold. A little cold? I mean, you know, we just... We got to get this ball going. I know yeah. you guys are very, very opinionated. Don't let them fool you. I know they're kind of <laughs> quiet now, but when we get into the show, they're going to start they're start making some noises. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, Brandon, you wrote pretty much our first our first column. Mm-hmm. You wrote the black history one. Yes. Uh, kind of give us your take on it. Kind of give us your opinion and, and how you feel about Black History Month. Um, well, I wrote it because I, a lot of people don't know the history of Black History Month. Um, so I wanted to give a historical perspective of how it came about and why it's still important today. Um, I like Black <laughs> that's like such so weird to say, but I like Black History Month because in the column I had a quote from President Ford where he said it's our time to look at the often overlooked contributions and innovations made by black Americans in this country. And, you know, all too oft often in school we don't focus on what black people have done in this country enough, I think. Yeah, and I and, and I agree with you. Um, it is, uh, you, you know, you did laugh, chuckle in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. It is kind of funny to say yeah. a little bit. I like Black History Month. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't really think of that mm-hmm. in that perspective. But you know, you said something that was very interesting to me in your calm. You say naysayers often bemoan the fact that black people uh, get their own month, whereas white people do not. A laughable stance. Mm-hmm. We live in the U.S., a Eurocentric society where every month is White History Month. It is important to share the contributions made by others that, as President Gerald Ford said, are often overlooked in a society that sees the world from the perspective of white is right. Yes. For those naysayers, expand mm-hmm. on that. Um, well, I, like I previously said, I just think it's important to focus on um, this and um, there was a person actually, shout out to you, Taylor Kurtz, who came up to me in the gym yesterday. Um, and you know, we had a very healthy debate about it. Um, I, I want to get the point across that I wasn't generalizing white people because that seems to be the thread of what people have talked to me about. I don't, you know, if you feel, if it hits you, then that's when people speak the loudest. So. I think the naysayers in that aspect, there was something about it that maybe ma- made them feel uncomfortable. But I never said all white people, as, as you just read the excerpt, it says U.S. society, and it says, you know, America in general is a Eurocentric, um, has a Eurocentric point of view, which I just want to make that clear so things don't get misconstrued. But um, to go back to your question about the naysayers, um, I. I, all I have to say to them is, you know, just look at our presidents. 43 out of 44 have been white people. Look at our Congress, less than what would be proportional for the <clears throat> um, black people in this country are actually black Americans. So things are definitely going to be skewed when you're not represented in a 
proportionate manner. Money. Um, also, I think a lot of that is like, there's this kind of this notion that some people have, like, that, you know, because there, I've ha- I had a friend the other day actually. We we're talking about this when Brandon's column came out, and he was like, "Well, why, why isn't there a White History Month?" You know, and like, that's fair. But I was like, "Can you honestly, t- like, honestly tell me how many Black people have you learned about in your history class?" Mm-hmm. Like, I'll wait. Name five, you know. <clears throat> and he was just like. He named, like, two. I think he said, like, Harriet Tubman. And I was just like, oh, great. Like, that's one. There's the this, 1800s. You know, and, like, the thing with that is just, like, you can give someone else recognition that doesn't diminish from your shine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you can say, oh, look at what we've done. <clears throat> but, like, we also need to say that, you know. We also need to be like, look at what we've done. And I think that's just important. Like, you know, February is the shortest month, but that doesn't matter. Like, you know, we have all of this culture to share, and it's just, like, we need some time to do that because there's not really a space for it right now. Like, What do you guys say to the Morgan Freemans of the world who think that Black History Month is, you know, yeah, you have the month, but it should be every day. Why do we have to focus so much on the month? Not so much that, oh, it's a good thing that it's a month, but it should be celebrated every day. It's more like, okay, it's a month, like, who cares? You know what I'm saying? And and what do you guys say to those to those to those critics of the Black History Month? Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I just like we do celebrate it every day. At least I know I do as an African American. Definitely, my family has instilled in me, you know, Black contributions, you know, Black Santa in the house and all that stuff. So we do celebrate it every day. <clears throat> Black History Month is kind of like it's not for us; it's for them the quote-unquote them, the ubiquitous them, um, because, you know, they're, they're not as immersed in the culture as the three of us probably are, so they don't see everything or hear about enough of, from enough of what black Americans have done. So I, I agree with Morgan um, when he said that black history is American history, as I put in my column. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I just agree with him, but it's not really for black people, per se. It's just, you know, I don't like an offering, like, look at what we've done, which no. is kind of reductive, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I've always thought kind of of Black History Month as a little bit the same way I think of Valentine's Day, because, you know, you don't stop loving the person you love on Valentine's Day, or, you know, you, you love them on Valentine's Day, but you don't stop loving them the rest of the year, you know, you keep doing it. Valentine's yes, Day, to me, is more about, like, I feel like it's more like, hey, look how much I love this person, like, you know, like, I don't mind showing everyone. That's kind of how I feel, like, Black History Month, like Brandon was saying, like, like it's more of a time, it's just because that's where the space exists, you know, you yeah. know, so I feel like that's kind of how how that goes. It's just kind of like, now we have this space to really be like, hey, look at what we've done. You know, I, I love that analogy. It's like Valentine's Day. You keep loving the person, but that day is really just a celebration yeah. of it just culminating together. You know, for me, uh, especially, my name is Osagio Dua Erohan Evagaro. Hey. And so <laughs> it's it's Nigerian. Yes. And so really black goes beyond for me. Uh, you know, I was born in London. Uh, we oh. moved here when I was six. So, you know, I've kind of seen, I want to say both worlds, but mm-hmm. you grew up in, in what they like to say, a white neighborhood. And, yeah. you, you know, your parents are Nigerian. They're truly the African and stuff like that. And I think it's something to be proud of. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people try to sh- shy away from the race talk. Yeah. I think a lot of people try to don't want to talk about the history of black America. Yeah. I think uh, that's something that we're trying to highlight in this series that we're going to do this this February is that we're trying to wait, raise awareness. There are issues. There are things to celebrate, and there's things that we're not too proud of as a community, mm-hmm. but that's the whole point of this. And I think from a historical background, I think there's a lot to be proud of. Yes. Um, you know, you you're, you're, you're oppressed for 200 years, 200 years plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, people act like civil rights happened so long in 1700s, 1600. Uh, Martin Luther King got shot, what, 1968? Yeah. Okay, well, you know, there are some parents that are, you know, still around that age. So exactly. it's not like it's something that is going away. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have our first black president in the history of America. Uh, well, that's shocking to me because yeah. from longest we've had a lot of black people in this country Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we're starting to get in sports you know historically they're starting to become and we'll talk about this when we talk about the black sports (laughs) but you know coaches that are of color aren't just now motivators anymore they're smart Mm -hmm. oh they understand the game yeah they can be the general manager and the owner and stuff like that so I think we've come a long way. I don't want to deviate from our points and stuff like that, but I love what you guys said, and I think it's something that's really important that we yeah. need to talk about. And, and and Brandon, kind of give us the history of how Black History Month started since since you did write about it. <clears throat> okay. Well, Black History Month started in um, 1926 with um, the black historian Carter G. Woodson. Um, he came up with uh, the idea of having, like, at first, it was called Negro History Week. <laughs> Negro. Um, <laughs> and it was f- the second month of February because that's when um, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass coincidentally were born during that second week of February. Um, so then he just started it st- started from there, and then it started to branch out into the communities, into various cities and states, mainly ones with um, a considerable portion of black people. Um, and then it just kept on growing, and and it didn't become a nationally recognized thing until uh, the mid-'70s when um, President Ford kind of uh, made it a nationally recognized month of uh, remembrance remembrance (laughs) and recognition of um, what black people have done in the country. So that's just a brief little history for you. Sweet, sweet deal. So for all you naysayers out there, you kind of got the history of how black history started. So that's really cool. Imani, I kind of want to go to your column. Okay. You know, we kind of got the historical thing, kind of what we're trying to do here now and all that other good stuff. So now we're going to start talking about the black issues in Mm -hmm. America. And Imani wrote something about natural hairstyles. Now, naturally, a lot of people were probably laughing and thinking like, oh, this is not a... You know, subject or whatever, but yeah. you know, BET did something with Chris Rock. I believe it was mm-hmm. called uh, Good, Good Hair. Hair. Yeah. You yes. know, women spend a lot of money on the mm-hmm. on the weave, on the on the perms and stuff. So hey, it is something that in the black community it is encouraged, it's embraced, but but mm-hmm. there is a deeper sentiment to it. Definitely. Talk about it. Um. All right. Well, I I personally I don't have natural hair. Um, you know, I tried to do that, and I. I've, Didn't go so well. It's a, it's a. Pro- <laughs> the thing people have to understand is, first of all, 
when you make that decision, it's it's a deeply emotional thing. For a lot of black mm-hmm. women, our identities are tied to our hair. It's important. It's, you know, a, a lot women in general, you know, it's it's an important part of who we are. And maybe it shouldn't be, but, you know, it is. And mm-hmm. um, for so, you know, it's just people go through this process of when you have hair like mine, it's relaxed. You know, you have the chemicals and you do all this stuff. And, like, it's a different – it literally changes the chemical balance of your hair. Mm-hmm. And so – you have to grow new hair. Yeah. That's your natural hair. You have hair to cut style. it, right? Yeah. Well, the you don't. Big we, top. Yeah, you could either cut it off and then grow it, or you can transition, which is where you grow your hair natural, but like your ends are still straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, it's just a really long process to get your hair healthy and you know all of this stuff. And so you know, I just can't imagine like going through all of that and then going to work and being told like, oh, you can't have your hair like that, you know, and mm-hmm. that happens. It happens a lot. There are policies in place. Um, my aunt <coughs> is, uh, she works at the, like, school district office of in Houston, um, and she has dreads, and she's had her hair natural for a long time, um, and it's okay where she works, but she has a friend who works in district over, and they have a strict policy against, you know, braids and dreadlocks and all that stuff, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, it's deemed as unprofessional yeah unprofessional like kind of unclean un just you know unruly i suppose and um yeah that's just how it's viewed and it's not it's not really how it is at all i don't think it should be like that Mm -hmm. at all like you know since like i just cannot fathom that people believe that wearing our hair the way it naturally grows out of our head is some kind of like thing that should be frowned upon i just it's it's insane but you know it happens it really does so they see it as some kind of like radical statement i guess since like the 60s or 70s since the black panthers and that whole movement was kind of synonymous with the natural hair movement you know when you wear your hair how it naturally comes out of your head Mm -hmm. as a black person they think that you're like making a political statement or you're some kind of radical or something which i mean could be true yeah i mean you know people <laughs> people do that they wear their hair like that and a lot of the girls well not a lot of the girls but a lot there's a you know big population of them that have had you know hair like mine where it's relaxed they've got mm-hmm. the chemicals in it and it breaks if you don't take care of yeah. your hair it'll damage it and so you know it's kind of like a little revolt against that like no i'm not gonna you know have my because i've even the brief period that i called myself transitioning i <laughs> You know, it's just, like, it's ingrained in all of us so much that, like, straight hair is good hair. Yeah. And, you know, like, any kind of curl is nappy, and nappy is equal to slavery, you know? And so yeah. I've even had family members be like, what? What are you doing? I, I remember last year I had really long braids, and it was just, like, this, like, everyone was like, oh, like, are those real? Can I touch those? Like, strangers. And that's not, <laughs> not something that's ever happened to me before. And I was yeah. like, what? Are you kidding? And, like... It's you know it's it's inter- interesting to me. You know, I, my mother obviously, and then I have a little sister, but I've never really heard anyone really. I don't want to say you're getting emotional about yeah. it, but I've never heard anyone really talk about it. Why is it so important, especially for Black women? I think for men, I think it's more like the image, the look, perceptions, mm-hmm. reality. But for like Black women especially, yeah. Why is it so important? Why is the hair thing so? Is it is it an identity thing? Is it a cultural thing? Is it an acceptance thing? Is it, you know, why is it so important to black women in, in their hair? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything, you know? Like, I don't know if you've ever heard that India Irie song, I'm Not My Hair, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's... I, 
your hairstyle shouldn't define who you are, but, you know, in a lot of cases, it's just like, oh, she's not... And, you know, I think natural hair is beautiful and it's wonderful, but I just... I don't know. In a lot of cases, I feel like there's a lot more to people's hair than that they've gone through to get their hair that way than people realize. And, like, at a certain point when you have people... You know, it's like if someone was to come up to you every day and be like, oh, your skin is so beautiful. You'd start to associate that with as part of your yeah. identity, you know? Like, right. if you had a, like, distinguishing feature, like, if your nose was really weird-shaped, you know, and everyone came up to you about it, that's kind of how I feel like it is with your hair. Like, it shouldn't be this thing, but, like, everyone pays attention to it so much that it kind of becomes part of who you are. So. I think that, um, <clears throat> to expand on what Imani said, mm-hmm. for black women, um, the importance with hair, at least, comes down to the fact that, you know, since the times of slavery, it has been instilled in them that, you know, they're not beautiful or they're not, you know, the peak of what someone may want um, physically in all regards from skin color to facial features to the texture of their hair. Um, And you can't, uh, I mean, there is a huge booming uh, skin lightening industry, which is horrible, Um, but you can't necessarily change your skin color you can't change your features but with your hair you know it's with the relaxers and the perms and wigs and weaves it's very easy for you to change that and you at least get closer to the you know kind of white ideal of beauty or as close as you possibly could be at least so I think it's kind of like an ingrained sentiment in black women's minds that they have to um, change who they are to be more, you know, uh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I think. Which is sad. Sorry, go ahead. I think also it's you know it's the good hair thing. It's the, yeah. you know, quote, quote unquote, good hair. You know, like um, I think I had this in my column. There was a time after slavery where it was like to consider to be considered well adjusted by white people in society, in particular like black women to white women. You know, you had to have your hair a certain way. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, at a certain point, it's just kind of like, what is good hair, you know? Yeah. Putting my hair through all the stress and chemicals and trauma, exactly. like, to have good hair, but, like, why can't my natural hair be good hair? And I think that's part of it as well, yeah, you know? I, I think we need to, you know, good hair is healthy hair. Yeah, you're reclaiming basically. the label you know, good reclaim, hair. Black women need to reclaim. And, and you know, it comes down, you know, it's it's your hair, so you can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. You know, many women do it just as a form of expression, which is fine. But too many in the black community do it as a, uh, because they're just not comfortable or they they just don't see their hair as, as something good. Or it's, or it's look at me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I got the new thing going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for, for me... Um, and this is a serious. This is a serious thing. I think mm-hmm. hair is a big deal mm-hmm. yeah. because I think when you look at um, Caucasians and the and the the white community, you know, naturally they have straight hair mm-hmm. or they have curly hair and it's long and it's beautiful. And hair is an attractive thing. If you see someone with good hair, you're gonna draw to them. And I think for black women, just like Brandon pointed out earlier, and even Imani talked about, it, is that after slavery, you know, black women don't get the respect they do, especially when it comes to look or perception or personality or or whatever it may be. And for black women, hair is important Mm -hmm. because now you're trying to identify yourself. I think, uh, and we're gonna talk about this too later on in other podcasts, is that the African-American community or the black community, for those who (laughs) don't think that you should be called African-American, which is a silly notion to me, but 
you know, I think there is an identity crisis Definitely. with the African American community, and I do think that it, it starts with the outside, and mm -hmm. part of the outside is the hair, especially with black women, even even males, you know, males with the dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you have dreadlocks or you have braids or whatever, he must have went to jail. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or he must have grew up in the hood. Or he must not be responsible. Uh -huh. You know, over in the sports section, because, you know, the sports editor here, oh, we have a guy that has dreads, mm -hmm. grew up in the same place I did. He's a cap, he's a kappa here. Mm -hmm. Very responsible kid. Doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a perception that's driving this reality that, oh my gosh, this person must have weave in their hair, so yes. they're trying to do this, whatever. But it's really just trying to find themselves, trying to be beautiful, trying to be accepted in a society that's not always accepting to change, that's yeah. not always accepting to something that makes someone else look different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and with the times, you know, it's starting to grow a little bit, starting to get better, but, you know, the hair thing is is really something that's really important. And, and you know, I'm kind of glad that Imani is talking the way that she yeah. is. So that way people can kind of feel it as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, something you don't need to see it, you just need to hear it. You yeah. hear it in people's voice, you're like, man, this... This is a real important topic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important. It's important to keep it healthy. It's important to uh, kind of keep it, make it look good. Yeah. You know, so. And I, I think that we need to kind of touch on that. You know, black people are we're like a ver we're varied people like everyone doesn't have kinky right. curly hair like me i'm fairly dark skin well, fairly <laughs> i'm dark skin <laughs> you know my hair when it grows out it's kinky but when i used to have it cut it was actually pretty straight and like my sister she's super light skin she looks like your stereotypical like latino in color and her <laughs> hair is fairly you know wavy slash straight ish um so you know black we come in different shades and different made up of different things so it's not just you know the kinky uh curly hair but but you know there's some black and they always like when a black girl does have long hair naturally then there's always this kind of like oh that must be a weave oh mm -hmm. she thinks she's pretty or oh blah 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 and it's just like we can do that too y'all aren't really that special also my issue with that whole thing with like there's just like black girls wearing weave like i've been at party because i i um I've been at parties and like people will come up to me. Literally this girl one time, I was standing outside waiting to leave. She came up to me and she's like, is your hair real? And I was like, what? She's like, can I touch it? And she just touched my hair, which like, whatever, you know, just like a random drunk girl, but like, can we, white people wear weave too, but they call it extensions, extensions. and yes. get away with it. But weave, oh my God. Yeah, weave <laughs> is like this stigmatized word, but I extensions know. are literally the same, yes. and it's like, people don't even associate the two. You read my mind, I was about to say the same yeah. thing. I was about to say, you know, white girls do it too, they call it extensions, exactly. but you know. It's, and it's fine. Yes. Yeah, and that's, and that's <laughs> the other big yes. perception I think is that Okay, if you add hair, I'm I'm not hating. Like, yeah. make you look good. So hey, you know, like as a male, I'm not. Yeah. You know, the guy I'm not complaining. So sometimes, you know, I think I think sometimes people look way too much into it. You know, but mm -hmm. it's just an issue that you know we do have to discuss. Yeah. You know, it is hair. Hair is important to people, just like people smile, mm -hmm. teeth. You know, the way you dress. You know, mm -hmm. perception is is reality to a yeah. lot of people. So, and I've also heard people like be like, oh, it's dishonest. But like your hair doesn't really look like that. But like I also wear makeup. 
I also know. wear high heels. I also yeah. wear a push-up bra. Do you want me to stop? Like, I, I like how I look, and I make myself look that way for a reason. And like, everything's dishonest. I mean, what? you don't just roll out of bed and leave. It's not like to I'm trying to, to fool you. I'm not like, haha, got you. Like, it's 100% You put on deodorant. You wash your face. Yeah. You brush your teeth. If you want to be completely honest, then just walk out of exactly. home. Exactly. natural. Yeah. Like, like Matthew McConaughey. She's <laughs> all natural. Instagram is the biggest fraud of them all, but I don't yeah. want to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm but. good on Instagram. <laughs> speaking of filter i just found a really cool segue there yeah (laughs) speaking of filter you know rap hip-hop r&b music Mm -hmm. we're gonna get into music now we kind of touch up on the hair we're getting music i think music is is very important um Mm -hmm. you know Obviously, Brandon wrote the Black History, Imani wrote the hair himself, of course, naturally I wrote the music one. And I think there's a big misconception mm-hmm. in the music industry. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people hear sex, drugs, and alcohol and say, hey, yeah. this is what it's all about. But man, if you listen to a lot of these guys, and if you listen to Jay-Z, Jay-Z had to sell drugs because that's the way, that's how he made ends meet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and before we talk about this, and I put this in my column, we are not justifying doing drugs or anything illegal mm-hmm. or anything stupid to get out. Yeah. But circumstances are circumstances, and yeah. some people have to make ends meet, and this is how they did it. Lil Wayne grew up in Holly Grove. <laughs> if you go to New Orleans, you go to Holly Grove, you'll know it. it is not the easiest neighborhood to grow up mm-hmm. in. It is rough. It's tough. It's, it's not fun. Um, 50 Cent shot nine, nine times, times. Yeah. you know. Uh, you know, he grew up in a rough neighborhood. Biggie selling drugs, Tupac. This, I mean, this is stuff that they knew. And I know, um, I said this as well. You know, jazz, uh, blues, even country. Yeah, yeah, they've, you know, they've had their black influences. You know, and whatnot. But you can't really develop an influence because that's the right way to make music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about your life and your personal experiences, and you're trying to tell your life story in the best way you can express yourself. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's right. I don't think it's fair. And the ignorance that's in it is, oh, my gosh, if they're rapping about this, they're a thug. Really? Because yeah. Jay-Z's one of the richest guys in America because he owned a basketball team. Okay? Yeah. Now he's a sports agent. He's got his own. So he knows how to make money. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying money's going to buy happiness, but clearly there's got to be some kind of common sense yeah. there where he's building off his mm-hmm. brand. 50 Cent, same thing, you know, did with the vitamin water. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne and his, you know, getting endorsements, doing all that stuff. And I just use it because I think it bothers me a lot. And it bothers me to a T because we have friends that will say, well, what type of crappy music are you listening yes. to? It's like, yo, you got to understand, this is how we identify with this, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I'm not going to sit down here and, like, be a fraud and say, oh, I grew up in a hood and I sold drugs <laughs> and I did all that stuff, but I get what these people are trying yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. I get where they're coming from. I understand that their mom might have had to have been a prostitute because she had to make money, or mm-hmm. they had to sell drugs because that's the only way they were going to get food or steal or yeah. get a car so they can sleep in. And I think there's, and I think that's what the deeper message in in a lot of this music is yeah uh, i agree and you touched on blues and jazz and stuff and i think it's just important to know that to note that you know pretty much every major um musical style was either innovated or influenced by black Our. people from jazz i mean rock was made like everyone wants to hail elvis as you know the king of rock but he was still in from uh little richard thank and, you um, i'm so glad you said what's that, that woman's name 
Mama, something. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. The name is, oh, it's on the tongue. <laughs> Mama Morton, something like that. Something with Morton or something like that. But anyway, so we've had a stake in every kind of genre of music. And when it comes to especially hip-hop, um, I think a lot of people demonize it people on you know that aren't black is because they don't relate to it right like it's not to you know hurt your feelings but it's not for you Mm -hmm. like if you don't relate to it then you don't relate to it but don't demonize it because there are people out there who do relate to it and as you said it's their reality it's 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 the things that they've been through and they you know like to hear people who are actually talking about things that they've been through because everything isn't peaches and cream and you know people living like rock stars and you know teenage dreams or whatever Katy Perry sing about these <laughs> days. Like people have different different lives to live and seventy percent of hip hop is bought by white people. Mm-hmm. So like they wanna call the yeah. Like when Lil White was in prison. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of black people saying free wheezy? Yeah. No. It was <laughs> I hate to put it this way, but a lot of my white girlfriends were <laughs> buying the T shirts and supporting the wheezy cause. So, you know, like that you know, and that's that's another thing I don't mm-hmm. understand either, is that like a lot of people you know, I, I but I think that because I don't wanna demonize anyone, I just it's hard for me that if you listen to some country lyrics. Uh-huh. Be because wise. they don't use vulgar language. Mm-hmm. They talk about the same stuff that they do. <laughs> black people talk about their rap music. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, let's go drink some whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same thing as saying, <laughs> let's get drunk. I know, Papa's Chardonnay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that, and it, it's just, I don't know, it's just really funny to me. And I, I just I just wish people would open up their minds more. Yeah, I, I think it comes down kind of at least to the race of the artist because i know mac lamore did uh, a yeah. <laughs> did a um, four grammys yeah i just tupac doesn't have one biggie okay. doesn't have one Snoop and like doesn't have one. did y'all see kendrick lamar's performance with the magic dragon are you joking so oh my gosh like but uh, i'll we get on rest. that later <laughs> uh, but he did an interview like back i forgot i think it was at rolling stone last sometime last year mm-hmm. where he was like um you know, for it, it is easier for me to, you know, have success in the rap industry and on a mainstream scale because the white parents are, you know, oftentimes they demonize rap music, but with him, you know, they look and they're like, oh, my son likes this and so do I. And then they look and he said that they see that he's a white guy and they feel safe. Right. And I think that's what it comes down. That's That's why there's kind of disparity between country music who are oftentimes talking about a lot of the same things in rap music because black people in general we we um i don't know have this like our being is unsafe to a lot of people they see us as unsafe and you know influence and music is a huge influencer on you know the youth well i wouldn't say huge influence but it does have influence on younger people and you know a lot of a lot of people are uncomfortable with you know people from the inner city having that much influence on their children i think i think also it has to do with delivery you know people you know it's a human characteristic to stereotype it's it's yes. it's a easy way for us to put stuff into categories you know so you hear an 808 or like a baseline before you even listen to the lyrics you're like all right here we go mm-hmm. you know i think it's yeah there's not saying anything that's i, I can't you know i've heard people be like oh well rap is just talking fast yeah they're like that's not music yeah but have you listened to it like have you listened to it like you can have the same connection with a rap song that you do to like 
an 80s like rock ballad you know like <laughs> it's about the music it's not about you know how many I, I, you know hits they have or whatever yeah yeah and i think for a lot of people it, it they you have to listen to it it's not mm-hmm. about how the beat drops yeah you know? it's not about sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you know there can be bangers but there's also yes. music where you're like man i feel what they're yeah, saying you feel what they're saying yeah. so. <laughs> but me personally i, I <laughs> yeah well it's but you know i for me, I think sometimes it's, it's not it's not about the it's yes. not about the beat drop. You know, it's about mm-hmm. what the what the music is saying, and the misconception that everyone that is just doing this is a thug and they do drugs yes. and they do this and they do that is that man. You know, these this is what they know. This is their mm-hmm. culture. This is their experience. Like I like I'm probably gonna say a bunch of times it's, it's finding their identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know where they fit. And for some people, they don't understand music is like sports. This mm-hmm. is the way out. It's the it way is. out to get yeah. out of the projects. It's the way out to get out of the community. Definitely. You know, like, like they're not doing it anymore. Like they yeah. want to demonize them for being thugs and doing these things. Jay Z isn't on the corner selling crack no. anymore. Lil He's Wayne a isn't a red. Yeah. A red. What yeah. am I? A blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're not doing this stuff they anymore. They did what so. they had to do yeah. to get themselves out of that situation because they saw a better future for themselves. Exactly. They did that, and now they can talk about those things. You know, it's just like. Mm-hmm. They're not there anymore. They did what they had to do to get themselves out of those situations. It's it's not, they're not, you know, gangbanging in the streets anymore. They have business plans and all of these things. There's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than, like, music videos and... And the women and the yeah. money and the cars and the houses. Yeah. Like, like, I'm rapping, like, 50 Cent or something. Yeah. No, you know, there's more of that. And then, now they just want to express that they finally made it. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's, what it is yeah. for them is that, hey, you know, we finally made it. We're finally on top. We can do this now and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of that is for show. You know, a lot yes. of it is. And I think some of it can be a little bit irresponsible yeah. the way you're living your life. But, mm-hmm. that you know, that's that's the culture and we don't excuse it but hey you got to understand the culture as mm-hmm. well and not just judge it for oh you know this guy dreadlocks the hair you know <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> you know he, he's always wearing sunglasses inside so he thinks he's the bee's knees no man that's, yeah. you know that's what they want to do so you know that's that's pretty much you know my take i don't know if you guys have any yeah. final thoughts of what we're going to be doing this month and, and and kind of what we've talked about today uh, I'm just, I'm excited. And uh, you know? yeah, I'm very excited. I feel like with this kind of stuff, I mean, not this kind of stuff, like, um, especially issues to do with race, it's like, my least favorite thing is when people are like, oh, well, I don't see race. Uh, because, like, you need to see race. You need to yes. see that I'm black. Understand what that's not, you know, you probably can't understand what that's like, but, like, see that I'm black, understand that that impacts my life, and then we can move forward. Like, you exactly. saying, I don't see race doesn't help us because like if you don't take into consideration the ways we're different you can't just assume similarity like that and expect everything to be fine you know like our lives are different and that's something you need to take into account so I think this is going to be good I'm excited yeah we learn in communication assuming uh similarity is just as dangerous as assuming um superiority yeah superiority Mm -hmm. or different or differences between you and you know people always especially nowadays like as you said like to proclaim that they're colorblind which is just like no, the not. opposite of what we need. You don't look at me and see, you know, shades of gray. <laughs> like, let's get real. You know I'm black. Yeah. You see my hair and my skin. Like, you're not colorblind. And you shouldn't be. Yeah. Because that just leads to ignorance, I think. Because yeah. then you think that we're, we are treated equal, and we should be, and it's it's getting closer to that. But the reality is that it's not there yet for a lot of 
people. Yeah, you can't address issues and work on fixing them if you can't mm-hmm. even see that they're there. Exactly. You know? yeah. It's like saying, I don't see gender or sex. Like, yeah. Uh, no. Like, it's part of who I am, but it's not, m- yeah, it's not my defining characteristic. Being mm-hmm. able to understand that's part of who I am. Like, you can't just take that away. So, yeah. Well, it looks like we will have fun. <laughs> it sounds like you guys have a lot of things to say. Yes. Us, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to agree. I'm pretty sure we're going to disagree, too, as well, mm-hmm. because we have, nice. we're different. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that, that's how it rolls, and that's, that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. But, you know, for, uh, for me, I think it's exciting. I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about race. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's not good. You should be able to. Yeah. Um, you know, my roommates are white, mm-hmm. and I love talking to them about race because there are certain things that about the white culture I might not understand. There's mm-hmm. things about the black culture they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to have a healthy conversation. I'm able to call them my roommates. I'm able to call them, you know, some of my closest friends. So it's very important that we talk about this. I'm glad we're students. So mm-hmm. that way people don't just think that, hey, it's only the older folks that yeah. know. Oh, no. Know. At 2021, 20, 18, yeah. 19, doesn't matter. We yeah. know. <laughs> we know what's going on. <laughs> we, we know sure the perception. Do. So it's always fun to talk about stuff. But, you know, for Brandon Sams, for Imani McGarrow, I am Otis Evagaro, and this was A Community of Culture, The Black Perspective. Bye. 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 Bye.